Good morning, everyone. Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, and welcome to this week's weekly energy boost. My name is Ali Sheba, and I'm here this lovely Monday morning with David. Hello. So glad to have David so many weeks in a row. We don't take it for granted here. We are excited, and I see everybody is feeling the timeliness of this episode's topic. The title is Turning Worry into Wonder. <laughs> and we focus every week on the Weekly Energy Boost in sharing the most powerful and practical wisdom to help our listeners navigate through the upcoming seven days. This week is definitely, um, it's, it's going, it's, it's notorious in the, in the Kabbalistic uh, calendar for being one that helps us tap into and awaken miracles. And the amazing thing about miracles, or maybe it's a, a grandiose word to be using, but the amazing thing about miracles is that Kabbalah teaches that they're not something, um, that's not me. No, that's, that was me. Okay. And YouTube looks stuck to me. I'm not sure if it's just me. I've refreshed it a couple times. Let's see if we're, we can get it to work. Um, miracles are something really specific and unique to the individual because it's really all about the supernatural, really, if you break down the word, supernatural is above nature. And this week, the universe is going to challenge us to be supernatural individually, meaning the more that I go against my nature, the more of a miraculous life I'll lead. And the reason we're talking today about worry is because that is the natural, <laughs> it would be so supernatural if I would figure that out one day. Our, our natural state is actually worry. Think about yourself in a moment of quiet, your hands are free, your mind is free. Ch chances are your brain is going to be led toward what do I have to do? What's on my to-do list? What's tomorrow look like? How am I going to pay the bills? Oh, I have to have that conversation with my son. Oh, um, look at the, enter the political party you're worried about. Um, this, these, you know, I got to file tax. There, there is literally every reason in the world to be worried at any given moment. And yet on a spiritual level, we understand that when we're, when we're worried, we're actually robbing ourselves of an opportunity. And so that's what we want to talk about today. You know, I, I'm sure that if I asked everybody who's listening, everybody who's listening understands that worrying doesn't put money in the bank, doesn't create longevity, doesn't inspire or empower anybody, let alone ourselves. So why is it that we are so drawn to worry? What's the problem with being worried? And what can we do to get out of it? I try to... I think that um, you know worry worry comes all of a sudden it creeps up on you and it starts to suck your energy and probably one of the best ways that I've seen to deal with that kind of those kind of thoughts that kind of anxiety is to remind myself every morning as to my purpose today my purpose today as we've learned in the wisdom of Kabbalah, is to 
achieve the affinity of form with the qualities of the creator. And so when I know that's my purpose, my purpose isn't the result, the positive results that come after that. Because some people say, well, my purpose is to achieve this kind of uh, success or this title or this family or this relationship. Those gifts are what come after you achieve affinity of form with the creator. It's such a beautiful thing. That's the only thing you really need to worry about. The thing that you should be thinking about, your goal should be, how do I live my life from the moment I wake up where my frequency is similar to the frequency of the creator? Which means if the creator's frequency is one of certainty beyond logic, meaning I have certainty regardless of what I see, what I hear, and what I feel, then I will push myself to achieve that similar level of certainty. And what happens is your frequency aligns with that of the creator. And that's when the blessings come in ways that you could never create yourself if you controlled the situation or worried about the situation. And in fact, whatever area you're worrying about, you're opening a back door for, for the negative side, for these negative spiritual forces and these demons to come in and latch themselves onto that thing. So if you worry about your your love life, you invite negative forces into your love life. If you worry about your children, you invite negative forces, they latch onto your children. Can you imagine if you could see that? Like actually physically see, as soon as you worry about your son or your daughter, all of a sudden, all of these demons cr- crawl in like a horror film and they start to latch onto your child. David, if I don't worry about my children, doesn't that make me a bad parent? So <laughs> we all, every parent, this is the trick of the other side. To make you believe that by worrying about something, you are benefiting it and you are being responsible and you are being nurturing. Worry doesn't create nurture. Worry creates those negative entities that latch onto something. So, so what should I do? I should have certainty that my child is going to be okay, or I have certainty that the, the certainty is the first step, certainty beyond logic. The second step is what that certainty then reveals that you should do. Doing actions to help someone or benefit someone or take care of someone can happen from a place of certainty. doesn't have to come from a place of worry. Okay. What if there's situations that are genuinely dangerous? Okay. And, and I understand Elishev is not asking you this question. The audience is asking the question. Mm-hmm. How do you not worry when there's real danger? you got to give me an example. I don't know. Um, I know, uh, again, I have. I know somebody who the, a loved one is very ill, terminally mm-hmm. ill. Yeah. How do they not worry? I know somebody who is in a ter- terrible divorce scenario. How do they not worry? Right. With a, a, an ex, a soon-to-be ex who is very mean, vindictive, underhanded, knows no decency. There are people who, over the, I mean, I know that people who have lost their homes, people who ha, are, you know, worried about illness. So sometimes there is um, real, quote unquote, danger, looming danger or looming risk, looming. 
again, I yeah, I understand the question. If we're trying to, I think first there's there's two categories of challenges that happen in in our lives. There are the challenges that no matter how much you prepared for them, they're going to catch you off guard. They're going to be very painful, and you're going to worry about it. Then there's other challenges, which it's kind of like by now we should already have have grown up and become spiritually mature and not allow those things to bother us. For example, if I had a daughter who was 16 years old and some boy broke her heart and she came to me and said, oh my God, my life is over. I'm never going to find love again. What's the point of living? I would, I would understand that because this is the, her first time being in love, she probably thinks she'll never find love again. And obviously have empathy for that and you know, gradually help her come out of that, that nonsense because it is nonsense, right? Obviously, for us, as we're older, we realize, oh, that's nonsense, it's a 16-year-old. Now, when a 47-year-old says, oh, my gosh, or even a 32-year-old or whatever, like someone who's already been through that rodeo before is still worrying about it and still having fear. So it's kind of like it means that we didn't really do our spiritual work beforehand. So my question first is, how are we handling the small challenges that come on a daily basis? Those little things, the annoying, th we can call them annoying things. Mm -hmm. With annoying things, I remember Michael Berg shared this once. Uh, Michael Berg said that in order to not have worry about the big things, the scary things, how much are you investing in not worrying about the little things? Because the light from that will give you the strength to not worry about the big things when the time comes. But if you're just trying to jump into the worry Olympics <laughs> and without any prep or training, then this just shows that we're just trying to get rid of it. A lot of times people have spirituality, in spirituality have get rid of it consciousness. How do I just get rid of this? That's not that's not or get living. it over with. Yeah, get it over with consciousness. That's not uh, that's not I'm going to do something that's difficult and I'm going to get it over with and then it's going to be done. Right. And I go back to being weak. There is the, the life's purpose is to strengthen yourself in permanency and become that person, become the person and let go of the old person, not jump to the new person to prove a point or make a headline and then go back to the old person. The, the, the visual that helps me or the, the imagery that helps me with that idea is that we're meant to bring that difficult thing into our comfort zone, mm. right? That what's uncomfortable for me, the reason I want to get it over with is because I don't want to be uncomfortable. Right. Whatever that discomfort is, if it means being courageous, if it means being vulnerable, if it means putting my foot down and setting boundaries, whatever discomfort I perceive I will feel I'll get so used to it, it'll become a part of my comfort zone. And the teaching that really, that helped me train for the Worry Olympics is that when I worry, David used it in a bit of um, a fire and brimstone way. I prefer to look at it in a more gentle, cushioned way of, you know, if I'm worried, when I'm worried, I do two things that are detrimental, and I can prevent myself from doing them. I can consciously say, wait a second, look at what I'm doing. I am, one, drawing darkness to the thing I'm worried about. David said demons. I don't like that imagery. I prefer darkness. Darkness is enough to scare me out of worrying. So whatever— But there are actually demons. I just want to make clear I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic here. No. 
the actual demonic, the Zohar explains the demonic forces. But please, yes, go. And go that's on. why there are two people on this podcast <laughs> and not just one. <laughs> so I, I remind myself that I am sending darkness to the thing I'm worried about. And this is a very real thing. I, I, um, I woke up Saturday night, or I guess effectively Sunday morning at around 3 o'clock in the morning, and I started to think about all the things that I have in my life to be stressed out about. I don't know if it ever happens to anybody. For whatever reason, I couldn't fall back asleep. And then the sizzle reel of all of the issues in my life that justifiably need to be worried about started to play. And I, don't, I got back to bed. I got back to sleep at around 5 a.m. But what I realized about those things, uh, what helped me, gave me peace, let's put it that way, is I remembered that by worrying about them, aside from the fact that I'm losing sleep, which is going to, in a, in a practical way, in a, in a material way, affect my day tomorrow, I'm drawing darkness to the things that I'm worried about. And I'm robbing the current moment of whatever potential light I could reveal. Okay, so if you reverse engineer that idea, worrying doesn't reveal light. It prevents me in the moment from whatever unique opportunity to reveal light, which means goodness, blessings, potential, positivity, um, inspiration, ideas, creativity, love. All of that is blocked out, and I'm blocking it out of a future moment. Mm. So it's actually a double-edged sword. It may feel responsible, like you said. It may be the right thing to do. But I'm, I'm darkening both my present and my future while I'm doing it. So to me, again, I understand that everybody out there is thinking, well, you know, how do I stop worrying? We'll talk about that in a minute. And David already gave a big clue to that, which is taking the small things, practicing not worrying about the small things. Am I going to get home in time to walk the dog? Stop worrying about that. Right? Do I have enough eggs to make omelets in the morning? Stop worrying about that. Um, I don't know what's another another. Is it going to rain tomorrow, and I'm I'm going to well, have to jog on the treadmill instead of going outside? The the I want I'm going to call them easier things to stop worrying about. You use your certainty muscle. You practice strengthening your certainty muscles on the easy things, so that when you get to the more difficult things, you have muscles already built. So, so when we say stop worrying, I think we understand maybe what that means. But people want to know practically how do you exercise the certainty muscle. So we've learned here that the goal of the day should be, I want to achieve this level of certainty. And this, well, we got to ask for it. Everything else in your calendar doesn't really mean anything. Everything else in your calendar, as important as it looks like, those are just the obstacle course for you to achieve higher levels of certainty. Your goal in life, like why your soul came to this world, according to the Zohar, is to achieve this level of certainty, which really means you're with the light, which then means you receive everything. So in the end, you'll get it. You'll get the goal done. But... But how do we keep building the certainty? And certainty doesn't mean I, I feel good because I see how it's going to work out. Certainty means I don't have a clue how it's going to work out. I don't really see how I'm going to be happy in a year or in five years or in 10 years in this one area. I don't know how it's going to be developed. But I want to, achieve, I want to start that path with certainty in it. Uh, how do people exercise the certainty muscle? What are some practical tips and tools that we can throw out that maybe we both use or we tell, share with our students to use that they can 
they can elevate? Why? Well, I think one of one thing that helps, and this is more of a bigger picture. This is the week, right? This, this is, is the week, week of, of tapping into certainty, drawing from the reservoir of certainty. To me, it requires a rebranding of our lives, okay. <laughs> a re a re reevaluation of our mission and our value, our mission statement. A lot of us view spirituality as a hobby. A lot of us view spirituality as a good thing or a positive thing, and it's helpful. And I share inspiring quotes on social media, and I read lots of books. I think that it really starts, developing certainty starts with the realization that spirituality is the purpose. Mm. Like you said before, your to-do list, your, your daily schedule is actually a plan to get you to certainty. You just don't see it that way because you see it as a to-do list. I've got to be here. I've got to drive there. I've got to click that link. I've got to be on that meeting. But all of that to-do list is really to get you to, to certainty beyond logic. So when you let go of the need to control the physical and the narrative and the dialogue, and you realize, wait a second, all of the things I'm perceiving as roadblocks or challenges or difficulties, all of those things are just to get me to be more in touch with my soul, to, to be more in touch with the light force of the creator, then you gain a perspective, right? That the root perspective is, I'm here to grow closer to the light of the creator. Then you see that the annoying person in front of me is actually trying to help me get there. And so another tool could be, uh, I know that when people take action, so I know when I worry about something too much, it also means I'm, I'm paralyzed. I'm not doing, I'm, I'm stagnant. I'm like a swamp, not a river. So moving and attacking that thing, even if it means you're going to fail, is sometimes a very noble thing to do and a very worthy thing. That's how, you, that's how you remove the worry, is when you start to approach it, it starts to disintegrate. It starts to actually, uh, the illusion starts to go away about the very thing you're worried about. So let's say, for example, you're worried about how you're going to get everything done today. Uh, some people have that level, of, they have that control issue. They don't know how they're going to get everything done today. So they start to worry, even if it's subconscious. So what do you do? You have to just start working on, you have, maybe you start organizing your day. You start to time block. You start to look at, these are all the things I need to, you write it down because sometimes it's just too much in your brain. You write it all down. What are all the things I need to do today? And then one by one, you cross them off. So you organize yourself. There are studies that have shown that one of the ways to overcome worry is to organize yourself. It's a proactive effort you're taking to walk into the darkness when you organize um, another, another thing is asking the creator to draw from the reservoir of certainty. So the reservoir of certainty is most available this week. As we said, this is the weekly energy boost. So that's why we're talking about this. Asking the creator for certainty. This week is more powerful than any week in doing so. And by asking, we're not convincing a higher power to give us something. By the act of asking opens my soul up to be able to receive this strength, this, this what they call the, the energy, the, the, the energy that comes from the upper worlds. So asking is important because it receives that strength. And sometimes I want to start my day and you know, I'm not, I don't have time to ask, but I'll just sit myself down 
even if it's for 30 seconds. And I'll ask because I know I need my vessel needs to open up to receive this. So the asking is important also. The organizing is important. Well, that's why this week's episode is called Turning Worry into Wonder, right? What Worrying is what's the worst thing that could happen. Mm -hmm. Wondering is what's the best thing that could happen. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. that the idea, you know, David brought up, I'm I'm laughing because I'm smiling while David is talking. I know nobody can see it because I put down some points that I wanted to do to go over. And every time I turn the mic over to David, David goes to the next point on my list. Mm -hmm. The idea that... That that gravity, that that pull that we have to to think of the worst or to fear the worst or to worry about the worst is a pretty pathetic use of the imagination. And I know that you've talked about imagination on the show, the show before. We've also talked about going about our day thinking what's the best that could happen. Mm. Right. Leaving David used the mention before asking questions. So I'm smiling. What what could what is possible? You know what is possible in a in a worst case scenario, but when you attach if if worrying about the worst that could happen attaches darkness to the scenario, wondering what's the best thing that could happen opens you you up to infinite possibilities, right? A lot of times we get questions from students where they say, "What should I do? This or that?" Well, guess what? There aren't only two possibilities. And when David was talking before about, you know, you have that that huge to-do list, oftentimes when you're worried, you're paralyzed, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, you're a swamp. Suddenly you you freeze. That's actually the, bi- biologically, either we freeze, f- um, what is it? Fight or flight. Mm-hmm. F- fight, flight, or freeze. It's natural. Our nervous system is built to preserve, to protect us. We go into one of those three modes. But the truth is, even if you cannot affect that thing that you're worried about that's going to happen in two weeks, the question to ask instead is not what am I going to do then, it's what can I do now? And when David was saying, you know, all those little small things you can do, the, the positive things you do now are actually creating your future. So for me, whenever I have a worrisome thought, a negative thought, a dark thought, and I catch myself, Immediately, I try to do something that reveals like something positive, even if it's just to send a text to somebody that says, I'm thinking about you or to um, just just a small gesture that maybe nobody is going to notice or see the fact that I do something positive instead of doing whatever negative thinking I was going to do actually attaches positivity to it. So I'm thinking in terms of when when you say what are the small things we can do to build that certainty muscle is to focus on what the 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 possibilities of what can happen, what meaning leave room for the light to decide. You may only see that there's two possibilities. The creator sees that there's infinite possibilities and to the degree that we make the effort to reveal light in that moment we upgrade the possibility. And every time we reveal light, we upgrade the possibility, especially when it's the last thing we want to do. It's against our nature. It's taking us so far out. The further outside of our comfort zone it takes us, the more light it's going to reveal. So thinking in terms of those small actions, those small gestures, the, the possibilities, focusing on what's possible will actually help you re- I think even it's on a on a physiological level, you reroute your thinking. 
you create new neurological pathways that help you be more optimistic. But you have to be able to catch yourself, to pause and say, wait a second, I'm going down a negative road. How can I replace that thought with a positive possibility? Even if the possibility isn't going to happen, the fact that I'm putting energy in that versus the worst case scenario is, is growing a stronger foundation for the outcome to be better. Uh, in preparing for this, uh, I read a, a, har- a study from Harvard, so I'll get this right, that uh, anxiety is the is that persistent lingering force uh, of worry, let's say. And anxiety, which is, and I'm going to tie this into how, how it happens spiritually. Anxiety is kind of that chronic worry. And anxiety has three components to it. From the way the research said, there's a cognitive component, an emotional one, and a physiological one, right? So physiological could be when you start to feel it in your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, could be sweat. Could be uh, muscle cramps. It could be heart palpitations. The emotional one is when you're afraid. And the cognitive one was worry. When you start to have thoughts that are temporary, but the, the thoughts are there that kind of that give you the stress. And what's interesting is how we tie that in spiritually is that the way the way it works behind the scenes is when I'm worrying about something, what I'm actually doing, why, why are we addicted to worry? Why do we enjoy it? If we know it's bad for us, why do we still do it? Because when we do something over and over again, it's because we get some energy from it. So as soon as I worry about my child, I actually draw energy. I draw light that goes to the child. So it's an interesting concept. We just said it's actually totally a waste of time and there's negative forces that come, but that's not exactly what happens right away. When you worry about something, you draw light in the same way that when you have a pity party or when you're a victim about something, what's so attractive about being a victim? We all know that we don't like to be around victims. We all know it's a negative quality. No one's going to say being a victim is something we should aspire to be. But the reason why it's so addictive to be a victim is in the same way it's addictive to to complain is that you draw light when you do it. You draw the light of the creator, a spark of it. However, because of the contract our soul made in the upper worlds that we cannot receive light reactively, meaning through instant gratification, that spark, although received for a moment and felt for a moment, leaves you and goes to the negative side and strengthens the negative side. So I just want you to imagine what happens. I worry about something. I draw energy. So it tells my brain and my body, this is good. it's good to worry because look at the energy you're drawing. It's like a drug. Then universal law kicks in, pushes the light out, and that light goes to the negative side and makes the negative side stronger. Hence, chaos happens. But all my body remembered was how good it felt for the moment it had the drug called worry. So it says, you should worry again. And you should worry about worrying. And you should worry about worrying about worrying. And then that's the pattern. It's just like drugs. Just like drugs. And the reason I shared that is worry, when you draw, when you do it enough times, you draw that light, and then the light goes to the negative side. And the negative side gets strong. That becomes anxiety. That becomes anxiety. And then I would imagine, and the study didn't say this, but this is just me thinking, probably the anxiety becomes depression. 
Right? So these, there's these, as the negative side gets stronger, it goes from worry to anxiety to depression. And then something impactful has to happen, chaos, something has to happen to bring a person out of it. But uh, that's the spiritual side of even the Harvard study. Well, we had a guest on, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before, when we were talking about um, fears and worries. From a clinical point of view, her suggestion, and I think it's a good reminder for all of us, and there's a spiritual component to this as well, her suggestion was breathing. Taking Mm -hmm. a deep breath, if I remember correctly, she recommended to breathe through your feet. And by trying to feel your feet, you can't have those anxious thoughts anymore. But what always impresses me when it comes to talking about the power of breathing and and breath is that the word for breath is also the same word for soul in Hebrew. So by drawing in a deep breath... And, you know, effectively, we we teach in in Kabbalah One, the first class of Kabbalah One, we teach the power of pause. But really what we're teaching is the power of pushing back against whatever negative tendency we're, we're cleaving for, grasping for in that moment. Pause, take a breath, and recalculate, right? Like the GPS See where you're trying to get to if that thought, if that feeling, if that behavior isn't leading you toward where you're trying to get to, let it go. Let it go and practice what David said before, certainty beyond logic. I can't see how it's going to resolve itself. I don't know the pathway that's that's going to take me to the happiness, the peace, the resolution. But I know if it's happening right now, it's trying to take me there. And then seeing what possibilities come from that. And it's as I read the comments that I'm listening to you, just by a person listening to this show, because we're not just saying words, you know, educational material. We're not providing you just with education for your brain. When you listen to this show, you receive the energy of certainty, right? So just by listening to it, because what we're doing, hopefully, is bringing in this wisdom of Kabbalah, bringing in the wisdom that was passed down from great soul to great soul to great soul, and ho- hopefully bringing it to the world in a, maybe a f- practical way, a funny way, or packaging it. We've obviously diminished its power from its original source. As you bring something down and make it more practical, you also take away its power slightly. But the point is that just by listening to this in this week or any time will give a person that light of certainty. I know every morning I like to listen. I put on a podcast that I created. Don't ask me for it. You um, mean a playlist? No, it's a podcast. You created a podcast created without my, me? I created. <laughs> see, what I did, what I did, and again, don't ask me for it, anybody, because... Because now David really wants 100 million people to ask him yeah, for his podcast. Send me that podcast. So it's uh, the private archives of oh, our teacher. Oh, I see what you mean. Of our Sorry. teacher, Rob Berg. Uh, we have recordings, 800 recordings, and I've taken the first 100 of them, and they're from 1980-something, and I've put them on the podcast so that I can listen to them and uh, follow it on the podcast format. That's kind of what I'm saying. Gotcha. And every morning, I put it on, and it doesn't matter what the topic is. It gives me certainty. It gives me certainty because it's the energy that's coming through the study of what's called the Ten Luminous Emanations that so powerful. Just the energy of the study is powerful. Not even about the words that are being said. And I think that's a big thing about when people study Kabbalah. 
what we're aiming to do here is not give you education. Education is just the vessel by which the energy that the Kabbalists have provided for us is coming through to, to build the soul. So something might be, someone wrote, you know, just by hearing this, I'm having less anxiety. And that is, that's the reason. Well, also remember that Kabbalah was meant to be lived. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a practice. It's not just a theory. Right. So the wisdom and the knowledge and the information and the education is powerful and practical, but it's meant to be lived. And so we want to make sure that I know that a lot of our listeners um, have already started their Kabbalah journey. Some of them are well on it and are simply using the this show to share the wisdom with others. But we want to make sure that if you haven't started your Kabbalah journey yet, that you jump on that, whether it's your New Year's resolution or not. We have a new Kabbalah One course that's starting um, on the 19th, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it's January 19th. It's a, it's a Zoom, it's a webinar, so that you can participate wherever you are. It doesn't matter. I mean, the only prevent thing that could prevent you from participating is maybe if you have to work at that hour or sleep at that hour. But even so, you receive all the recordings when you sign up. The link to register is available at weeklyenergyboost.com. It's a Kabbalah One course. It's 10 weeks. The QR code is, if you're watching the video, you can see the QR code to sign up right now on the screen. Uh, it's 10 weeks. There is so much support. You are put with a group of like-minded other students. You get like a little study group for after class where you do deeper workshops and meditations. Every week brings you more and more practical, powerful wisdom. It's taught by Eitan Yardeni, who is by far one of the, if not the most, um, from the teachers of the, the Kabbalah Center, just an amazing uh, teacher to learn from. And you're going to meet other people. You're going to work one-on-one with a, a teacher on your own personal growth. Uh, there's homework if you'd like it. There's reading materials if you'd like it. But we want to make sure that our listeners ha- know that they have the opportunity now to jump on that. So go to weeklyenergyboost.com. The link is right at the at the front and center of the page. And um, it's a great opportunity. I know that David's starting tonight, a level two. I'm starting on Wednesday, a level three. So and I'm starting a level four tomorrow, too. It's so many levels. So, yes, uh, <laughs> there's level <laughs> level two with David, level three with me, and then level four with David. So you have, no matter where you are on your Kabbalah journey, there's a course for you to start ASAP. <laughs> and by the way, I should say that if you took Kabbalah three with David, it's not the same as Kabbalah three with me. Anything you take with David. Is not, not the gonna, same. Not even the same yeah. as what David does. Well, to, you know, I was uh, somebody had me on um, their radio show, an actual radio, like FM radio show, last week, uh, a dear student of mine. And um, she actually said on the show, listen, I was raised to take Kabbalah One every year. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy to hear her That's say right. that. She listened. And even if you have taken it already, um, it's an opportunity to take it again. Um David, final words for our listeners before we sign off? Yeah. Make it, make it your, don't forget your goal. If you do the one goal of having certainty in your life and you throw everything at it and use every tool that you've learned and then some, all the other pieces of the puzzle will fit and everything else will make sense. Mic drop. All right. I'm going to leave you guys today with um, something from our teacher, Karen Berg, that she wrote about the energy of this week. And then we'll send you off into the world. This week, we are all taken to our next level in our spiritual growth. We leave behind the negativity of our past and the challenges they once were. 
The past is the past. Now we face the future with a new strength and wisdom. We are the Israelites, and we move forward in life, carrying with us the lessons learned and the power gained. In life, no storm lasts forever. The sun eventually comes out again to shine. Every challenge we face eventually comes to a close. But while we leave behind the events, we take with us the lessons learned and the blessings gained. This week, we come to understand and accept that the traumas of the past are no more. We are not the small, vulnerable children we once were. We are not in that abusive relationship any longer. We are not unable to help ourselves. It is time to let go of the pain and see ourselves for who we are today. We are formidable and capable adults living a positive existence. We are able to embrace the good life that exists today. A new life and a new way of thinking are finally born. We enter our next chapter with a new and loving heart. We are not afraid to give and serve the world. We think of others and treat everyone with kindness, love, and human dignity that they deserve. For love is our new and higher consciousness. This week in your meditations, see yourself in the most favorable of lights. You are the summation of all you have experienced and all that you have learned. You are wise and beautiful. You come ready to face the world and any future challenge with confidence, certainty, and the many gifts you have earned. The past is the past. It no longer haunts you or controls you. Let it go. Walk forward and turn the page to the next chapter of your life. You are a new being. Your heart is ready to love. You have understanding, knowledge, experience, and spiritual wisdom. You are a new person. You emerge from the sea completely cleansed and renewed. You have power you have never felt before. You have given birth to a new life and your heart is opened wide. The future is bright and only goodness lies ahead. Have a fabulous week, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Weekly Energy Boost. Mm-hmm.